Praise God. Hallelujah to Jesus. We've been talking about uh, the, the call of God. And uh, I wanted to title today's message, uh, Finishing Strong, uh, because once you discover that you are called, well, you want to be able to uh, finish and get to the end of the, the story, if you will. And uh, so God's grace is on us, uh, not only to know the call of God and understand the call of God, but also to uh, be able to walk the whole thing out and finish it because he's a part of the whole process. Isn't that right? And uh, uh, there is not one person in the room whose calling is greater than another nor less than another. It's, it's each one of us have special, unique giftings, callings, equipments to do uh, something amazing, something great and significant uh, for God. We were actually, which was planned out, as I have said, before the foundations of the world. Uh, many times I'll say I was called from my mother's womb, but in reality, even before you were conceived, the plan was laid out. It wasn't like God, uh, when you were conceived, that God said, whoa, okay, here's what we're going to do with them. No, it was way before that. So no matter how precarious your conception uh, or how uh, you know, odd or, or unconventional your conception or you being brought about, it doesn't have any bearing on what God decided before the foundation of the world. We've discussed this. So you are called. Uh, the Apostle Paul um, literally uh, committed this to prayer when he prayed uh, the prayer in Ephesians. He wrote his letter to the church of Ephesus, and uh, he prayed this prayer. He said uh, that uh, God would give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ, that our hearts would be flooded with light, that we would know the hope of our calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of his power in us as believers. And so there, that, that word calling, purpose, vocation, what he created you for is what we've discussed in the last couple weeks. And so I'm trusting that if you've been around, you've come to some understanding that God has something for me to do. And, and being the creator of the universe, the creator of all things. I mean, he just, the, the oceans and the seas and, and trees and rivers and streams and, and the stars in the heavens. And, and he measures it with the span of his hand, the Bible says. Literally, he spoke everything into existence. God is big. Millions and billions of light years of galaxies, Whew. the universe is gigantic. They say it's continuing to expand. We sent out a Hubble scope to, so we could see further out there. We still can't see the end. God, this is the God who created everything and had his thoughts about you. It still does. And his thoughts toward you are good. So he's thinking good thoughts toward you. Isn't that amazing? And specifically created you with something amazing to do. It's not over. If you have breath within your lungs, if you still are here in a body, it's not over. And if you are young, it's not for another day when you're all grown and did all kinds of things wrong. No, it's for now. That calling is for now. Everybody say it's for now. Glory to God. Young or old, it's for now. Praise God. 
Hallelujah to Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. You can turn there in your Bibles. In the King James, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So whatever God's called you to do, we're going to have a need to be strong. Why? Because what he's called you to do is no easy task. What he's called you to do, you can't do with a doctorate. You can't do with a master's. You can't do with a bachelor's. You can't do with an associate's. You can't do because of what they taught you in high school. You're going to need God. Now, thank God for education. Thank God for masters and doctorates and these kind of things. I definitely don't want you cutting my head open and looking in there and messing around unless you got good grades in college. And picked up a few things. But I really would prefer, uh, prefer that you be anointed. Not just knowledge, but anointing. I don't want you working on my car without anointing. You know what I'm saying? So whatever God's called us to do, um, he's going to anoint us to do. As believers, we have this extra power and strength to do what he's called us to do. And so in the Amplified Bible, it says it this way in verse 10. It says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him. That strength which has his boundless might provides. His boundless might provides. So we're drawing up from God our union with Christ. We're drawing up from that the ability to go beyond our own natural ability to do things that we couldn't do on our own. We and God, we are a majority, but you better keep him in the boat if you go into battle. You better not think, oh, I've got this by myself now. I've known many ministers that have tried that. You don't have to look far in the Bible to find somebody who thought they now are cool. One king broke open with worms and was eaten. We know what happened to Saul. And God called him on. He said, when you were little in your own eyes. So obviously, uh, there, when we re recognize our call and we recognize it's great and it's, it's amazing and unique to us, we can't get all prideful about it and go, look at how cool I am. It's a disqualifier. When people say, man, that really blessed me. Man, we, I appreciate you so much. You are amazing. You just have a response. It's the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God. How come your marriage is so great? It's the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God. How come your children, oh my goodness, your children are X, Y, Z. What have you and your wife done and all this? It's just the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God. I can tell you a few things, but really, ultimately, it's the goodness of God. There are principles in the word that we endeavored to apply, but it's the goodness of God. Do you understand? We just have to know who really gave us the victory that we have. He called me. He empowers me. He is a part of the whole process. 
and he will keep me from falling and present me blameless at his coming. Glory to God. So recognizing the call is one thing and then drawing from the strength of God to become a strong finisher is another. In uh, the Message Bible, I really like um, verse, verse 10 and 11, Ephesians 6, 10 and 11. It says, God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. Glory to God. So why is the devil throwing stuff your way? Because he sees the call. He sees the gifts. He sees what's inside of you. He sees the potential. He's tried to destroy your family. He's tried to destroy you. He is a scourge of you realizing what's inside of you. Once you realize and recognize the gifts and who it is that's empowering you, you become invincible. One man said, if you want what God wants for the same reason God wants it, you are invincible. How many would like to be invincible? Praise God. And so we, recognizing who it is who's called us, who it is that empowers us, who it is who has saved us, we continue to live our life in praise and glory to him, are humbled that he would even give us a second thought that when Adam fell, that he didn't flick this big dirt ball across the eternal cosmos and be done with us. But no, he had a plan from the very beginning His plan does not change. The gifts and the calling of God are without repentance, meaning he doesn't change his mind. He doesn't say, well, you know what, I'll just make another. No, he's got a plan for you. Have we messed up? I think a couple of us have. Have we got off course sometimes? Yeah, a few of us have. But thank God for his mercies. I declare that every morning. Thank you, Father, that your mercies are new today. Brand new, fresh. Woo! (laughs) Thank you, God. When the enemy starts coming against you, like you are not enough. You didn't do enough. You are not Christian enough. You want me. Has anybody ever heard that? You know? Thank you for your mercies, God. I couldn't possibly do this without your mercy, without your grace, without your love. Thank God for it. Have I been a perfect dad? No, 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 no. Have I been a perfect husband? Well, she'll testify. She's not here right now, but she would testify. If she was here, she, I could give her the mic, and we'd spend the rest of the time, and she'd tell you, no, he ain't perfect. But thank God for his mercies, for his love and his grace. Amen? So never do, I want you to feel that I'm ever standing up. The only reason I'm, I'm elevated is so that everybody can see me. I can look in your eyes and preach the word and you have a visual. But it's not because I'm exalted. I am preaching and ministering the word of God as a gift called of God. I'm speaking to you and hoping that you catch it. I'm not speaking as one who has arrived either. Does that make sense? Glory to God. Now, I will qualify what I just said. Here at Word of Life, we do qualify people that stand up here and speak. Do you understand? We don't have a no-ask, no-tell policy here. 
Not when it comes to this platform. We don't just run every Joe across this platform. Because what is in the pulpit will be in the pews. And the pews have enough trouble of their own. Do you understand? And so there is a qualification. And Paul gives those qualifications and we're not saying that. But I'm just saying, I am not perfect. As Paul said, I am not perfect. I haven't arrived um, actually in what we're going to talk about that here. Praise God. In Deuteronomy uh, chapter 31 and verse 6. It says, be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Man, this is good. What does that mean? And we think, of, well, it's just for battle, you know, when you're fighting in swords and spears and, and stuff like that. No, this is for life. He's saying be strong and courageous. We're going to have to be courageous. We're in a war. Paul said fight the good fight of faith. So for our call to be fulfilled, we're going to have to uh, uh, fight opposing arguments to the gifts and calling that are inside of us. That you aren't worthy. Who are you to think you could get up in front of people and talk to them? Who are you that you think you could sing? Who are you that think you could help people with uh, having challenges with their mind? Wanda is a counselor. So who are you to think with all the problems and messed up things that you've dealt with, why do you think you should go into this field when you've got problems? Well, that's exactly who they need. It's exactly who they need. When I do marriage counseling, I'm like, ha, ha, that's nothing. You should hear this. Is that all he did or she did, you know? And don't get me wrong. I have some really challenging things that have never happened to me, but I never speak to them as an expert on marriage. It's like, dear God, you need to go to God because it looks like you guys are going to fall apart if you don't go to God. Just like we would have if I didn't go to God. If I can get them to God. If I can get them to God. That is really honestly the only hope for you fulfilling your call. Because the enemy will continually remind you of your failures, your weaknesses, and what you did that don't deserve to do this. Praise God. But what you don't know is that is your qualification. With the same help that we've received, we help others. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm like, hey, bro, can you give me that joint? Thank you. I once was like you. I discovered there's no high like the most high. No matter what it is, emotional problems, challenges. The gifts and calling of God were on me when I was just a child. My family's breaking apart, divorcing and falling apart. People coming to me for counseling when my life is a wreck. And I'm encouraging them and counseling. I had no idea what was inside of me at the time. Messed up life. But yet I'm talking to people and encouraging people. And they're finding help and encouragement. I didn't know. After a while, you figure it out. You get born again and God shows you what you're to do. And now I know why when I go to Walmart and I'm in sweats and a ball cap backwards at no matter what time it is, people are going to come for counseling. <laughs> Grocery section, tools, 
camping gear. Every section has somebody that needs counseling. They don't know who I am, but it's inside of us. And they come to Wanda, and they, they feel safe with her now. They feel the anointing and grace on her life, and there's an anointing and grace on your life for something. And you'll find that you'll be out helping people. Pastor Tony Wright uh, used to be uh, one of our worship leaders, and, uh, uh, and he, he told me, he says, you've got some kind of curse on your life. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, everybody feels obligated to tell you everything about themselves. And I was thinking, he went to uh, actually ORU for counseling, you know, and uh, those kind of things. He has a couple degrees in that. But he was just amazed at what people would walk up to me and tell me. People telling me about betrayals and, and molestations that they have never told anybody else in their whole entire life. But there was a grace on my life that people feel safe, and that's the most important thing. With this thing that they have been tormented by Satan all of their life. And they finally feel safe to hand that ugliness to me. And I could take it from them and say, God loves you so much. And that hurt is removed and God brings healing. Now I'm, I'm leaning on, on this type of gifting. There are so many in the room. And if we don't realize our position and what God's called us to do to help and bring healing to the world, then many will go on suffering. Y'all with me? So we have to be strong. We have to get courageous. Because honestly, helping people with, with their challenges is, is, a, is another weight that we learn how and grow in to not take internally, but to uh, allow that to come off of us and keep moving forward and help someone else. Y'all with me? I go down to Pastor Tony's office sometimes and need counseling after counseling. Because I, I was growing in that, that gift and learning how to field people's problems. And so it's, it's not just easy. Just, I just wanted to tell that. It's not easy. If you're looking for easy, the call that God has in your life is called a fight. And he said you have to take courage and strength in order to fulfill it. Y'all understand? It's no small task. And it's messy. People are messy. How many has figured that out? People are just messy. You know? And we, we have to be a little bit bigger than we've been and not get our feelings hurt every time somebody says boo. Y'all with me? Because people just, honestly, people um, do things that you just don't get. You don't understand. You think, well, that's just not right. And they've been believers for a long time. Oh, now I'm getting in the business of the church. And oh, they should act better. They should know better. Well, we all should. We all should. We all have our flesh moments. Glory to God. I'm not going to go down that trail. Praise the Lord. Philippians chapter 3. Let's look there. Philippians chapter 3, and verse 12 through 14, King James. It says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, 
But I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So verse 14, um, I press toward the mark, is um, kind of how we've started this um, series on the call of God. Uh, but I wanted to point out in verse 12 where he says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. The word perfect actually um, is telos, T-E-L-O-S in the Greek, and it is to set out for a point or a goal or final uttermost or ripe, mature, perfect or complete. Uh, so what Paul's saying is if uh, we imagined how fruit would look if they actually left it on the vine long enough to get ripe, uh, then it would actually look a certain way and taste a certain way. And I'm going to tell you, I hate to say, it would taste different than what we get in the grocery store, just so you know. But anyway, so if you've ever been raised around fruit trees or uh, farms or that kind of nature, what it tastes like when it's um, actually fresh off the tree, ripened on the tree, is different. And it's, oh, so enjoyable and juice just runs down. And uh, we as kids, we would we would set up in the cherry tree until we had to spend the rest of the day on the commode. You know what I'm saying? We just loved the harvest time. Amazing, amazing. Uh, and, and of course, as children, we have no sense and we just eat until we can't eat no more. And it can be uh, counterproductive. But anyhow, so... So I'm saying that, that Paul is saying, he said, not that I'm fully ripened, not to completion. My life hasn't come to the place of ready to be done, if you will. Um, but I do press. I do keep moving forward, even though I haven't arrived. Now, this guy, he wrote over half of the New Testament. And he did that not being perfect. Isn't that something? And so that means we can keep doing what God's called us to do, even though we know we don't have it all together. Do you understand? And then we must afford each other the same courtesy, knowing I know you don't have it all together, and I know I don't have it all together. So when you act a mess, I'm cool because I have before too. Praise God. And I'm just going to go ahead and love you regardless of how you act, okay? And uh, people will say, oh, uh -uh, I don't think so. Uh-uh, no way, you know. And, but you know what? That's what God's called us to do. Incidentally, when we're talking about the great call and all the unique calls, well, the, the call of God will have its first expression in walking in love. That's its first expression. You couldn't possibly fulfill the great call of God uh, by not walking in love. And I have to keep visiting this because it's necessary that, that you say you love God. But, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not real good with people. In fact, I could do without people. But it is impossible to say that you love God and you're walking in love and move up to a cave at Mount Charleston. And you say, oh yeah, I'm walking in love. Where would that evidence come from? Uh, love has its manifestation through us treating each other a certain way. If there's no each other's, there is no love. There is no fruit. Does this make sense? And I'll visit it again when they ask Jesus, so what is the greatest commandment? They're trying to trap him. And he said, well, 
uh, to love the Lord your God, right? We know this, right? Believers, everybody in the house of God knows the first commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your mind, soul, strength, everything you got. Give it all to him. Yes, this is the first commandment. Everybody will stand with you on that, right? But Jesus said something very interesting, and we've talked about this. And he said, the second is just like it. Now, you think about what just like it means. It is the same. You cannot separate it from the first. Meaning, if you do not love your neighbor, you cannot do the first. Because how can you love God whom you cannot see and not love your neighbor who you can't see? Woo-wee. Oh, Pastor, but my neighbor, he not right. He not right. Well, look, your husband ain't right either, but you got to love him, right? Right? Some of the men are like, my wife, she ain't right. You know, I can't say nothing because, you know, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. But we've been truthfully called to love everybody. For God so loved the world, and we are to live our lives just like him. So your great, amazing calling has its first expression towards people with skin on. Yes, we worship God. Yes, we worship him and glorify him and magnify him. But we should take that presence with us to love people. And not just the body of Christ. Certainly, its first manifestation would be to the body. But yet, it goes past that because God so loved the world. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. We are to love those people as horrible as they are, as blind as they are, as wicked as they may seem, they must see Jesus in us. They must know that God has come for them. And how else will they know if we don't show them what he looks like? And that's what Jesus came to do, is this is what God looks like. They said, hey, Jesus, why don't you show us the man? Show us the main man. We've been hanging with you. We've been kicking it with you. Can you show us the main man? And Jesus said, I've been with you this long, and you don't know me? He who has seen me has seen the Father. And we should have that same expression. I know it would freak people out if you said that. He who has seen me has seen the Father. But literally, that's how it should be. That they can't tell you from Jesus, what would Jesus do? How would he treat the homosexual? Do you avoid people that you have put a label on or they seem to be a certain way? Do you avoid them? Well, that's not right. You can say, well, this is not and the other thing, it ain't right. You're right, it's not right, but it's even wronger, or if you, oh, that's not a word, sorry. <laughs> more, <laughs> more wrong. For you to walk and take a wide berth when they are the target. Do you hear what I said? They are the target. But that's what we're called to do. The gifts and the calling of God. It doesn't change. We're called to love and unlovable people. Now, if somebody was, was uh, coming into the store with a cane because they were blind and they're tapping like this and they're coming in. 
Would you just look at him and go, Psh, stupid blind person? Gosh, can't believe it. Now I got to walk around them. The cane thing going on or the dog or whatever. But that's what's going on out there. They're blind. They will hate them because they're blind. That's wrong. That's not what he's called us to do. I mean, we got to get in close. We got to pull in close to them, close enough so we can talk to them and love them. Just like somebody did to us. And, and then our eyes were open. We're like, whoa, what? God is amazing. What was I doing with my life? When I was 19, I was like, I've wasted my whole life. That's how I felt at 19. I've wasted my whole life being stupid. And God was here the whole time. He loves me so much. I was religious too. I was going to church every Sunday. Maybe that's your case. Maybe you're religious. Maybe you're in the room and you've just been religious. I want to tell you there is an amazing God. An amazing God who has a call for your life. And if you will realize it, if you'll step into it, you see every human being different. And there's a longing in your heart to reach out to every human being and say, Jesus loves you. He cares about you. Whether they spit on you or, or cuss you, it doesn't move you. Why? Because you are bigger than that now. You have something greater than that inside of you. It isn't about your pride. It isn't about, oh, now nobody can do me like that. You go, man, I'm telling you, thank you so much for, oh, I just glorified God right now because I was able to be persecuted for Jesus. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you, he still loves you. And it's that kind of love where people are just blown away because they got enough of the conditional love going on out there. If you bless those who bless you, what good is that, the Bible says? If you're good to those who are good to you, what good is that? Love has its expression on those who are evil. And it doesn't change who we are or how we act. I'm not moved by your wickedness. I'm only moved by my Jesus. As I mentioned, I watched The Passion of the Christ and, and cried like a baby during that whole movie when they're stripping his flesh off of him. And I'm realizing that is what I deserve. Jesus did not deserve it. And I wanted to jump up and get on the screen somehow and get between and expose my back to those soldiers, because it really is my back that deserved it. And so it is not burdensome for me to go into all the world and preach the gospel and for them to say, get out of my face. Or say colorful metaphors. It doesn't move me. I pray for them when I walk away. But what a joy it is, I have to, to say, to be able to close the deal and bring somebody into the kingdom. Or for them who were blind to see. And if you are grateful, it is our first response to the call of God. 
to go into all the world and preach the gospel and to love people that are unlovable. Look for people that look like they're angry at you and give you the stink eye. Make them your target. So, oh, you're going down, bro. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to Jesus. Praise God.